<laughs> Good morning. He is risen. Okay, that was the first bullet on your bullet points. Just giving you guys that one. Okay, listen. We have saved this month's communion for a special time for this Sunday, for Resurrection Sunday. So we have asked two of our youngly lovely, young, lovely ladies. I was going to call them youngly. It didn't make sense. We've asked two of our young, lovely ladies. Three, we've got three coming on up. Four. I don't know how many we have. They're not all ladies. Okay, we got four helpers, four helpers in the house are going to come up and hand out the elements. Now, while they're handing out the elements today, while they're handing out the elements today, I'm going to read you guys, um, I'm going to read you guys a timeline list, and we'll thank Pastor Rob for this. He sent me this early in the week, and then I, I looked at everything he had sent me, and then last night I was finalizing some of my sermon notes, and I added this timeline in. It's the Passion Timeline, and we're going to read it. I'm going to go through some of this stuff with you to give you guys a little storyline to feed into this Sunday. So you, you, you guys can go ahead and pass those out to everybody. Everybody just hold on to what you receive until we get ready to take. And uh, so let's talk about what happened in the life of Jesus, because this is what we come for every Sunday. Every day I wake up, that song, Hope Has a Name, I was over there starting to cry because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And Jesus saved me from a life of death, jails, prison, drugs, alcohol. God rescued me from all those things. Amen? Amen. Today I stand here a changed man because of Jesus. So when it comes Resurrection Sunday, it's like, this is, it should, every Sunday should be Resurrection Sunday. Every day should be Resurrection Day. Every day we should be focused on the fact that our King died on the cross for us so that you could be made holy and right with God because you were never going to, you were going to succumb to sin. You were never going to beat sin, you know? So we're going to talk about this week, what happened in the life of Jesus leading up to this moment. So we talked about it last week in Palm Sunday. Friday, Jesus arrives in Bethany. This was not Good Friday. This is the Friday before Good Friday. It wasn't good for Jesus, but it's good for you. The Friday, Jesus arrives in Bethany. On Saturday, he has a feast at Simon's house. Now, this is grabbed from all four different Gospels. So this timeline is kind of grabbing pieces from every Gospel. So on Saturday, it says that Jesus had a feast at Simon's house, and then Mary anoints Jesus. It's a possible day. They weren't sure on the day. And on Sunday of last week, was the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Palm Sunday, we talked about this. Jesus taught in the temple that day. Jesus returned to Bethany that night, and he spent the entire night in prayer. Monday morning, let me get one too, guys. That's okay. I would have forgot too. Then I would have looked and said, everybody eat. And I would so listen. So on Monday morning, the day after Palm Sunday, Jesus curses the fig tree on the way into Jerusalem. We all know the story. He arrives in Jerusalem and he cleanses the temple a second time. Now what did he do on this day? We know from scripture. He went in and he turned the money tables over. So Jesus went in and was causing a complete uproar in the temple. Jesus was going in and doing things that were not okay with the religious leaders at the time. Also, he did that day, he healed the sick, and then he returned back to Bethany. On Tuesday, 
Jesus' disciples noticed that the cursed fig tree had withered. Jesus taught his disciples. He taught in the temple. He had a confrontation with the hypocritical Jewish leaders. He noticed the widow's offering of all she had left. The father spoke to those around Jesus, and he returned to the Mount of Olives. He taught on the warnings about deception, tribulation, and persecution. He taught everybody about the coming of the Son of Man. He taught the parable of the ten virgins, the five talents, and the sheep and the goats. That same day, Tuesday, Judas finalizes his plot to betray our king. On Wednesday, Jesus teaches at the temple for the last time. The Sanhedrin and religious leaders at the time plot to assassinate Jesus. Judas meets with the chief priests that night. On Thursday, they had the Passover, prep, uh, the Passover preparation. And then was the Last Supper. And we're going to pause right there in our story. So normally I get up here and we do our Last Supper. We do our communion. And I normally read from Corinthians and what Paul taught. But this day is about Jesus. We're not teaching on other things, and I'm not going to teach from another book. And we're going to read it from the book of Mark, because I'm teaching from the book of Mark today, because I liked Mark's story, and uh, not a lot of people teach the uh, resurrection from Mark. Matthew, Luke, John, you know, they, they tend to stick with those, and I try to do things a little different sometimes. You guys know I'm a little quirky. So Mark 14, verses 22 through 25, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat this, is my body. Go ahead and take your bread. Then Jesus took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. Lord, I thank you for this cup. I thank you for what it represents, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you shed your blood for us, that you died on the cross and were resurrected, and we're going to celebrate that today. I thank you for this cup. And he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God. Drink the cup, please. Jesus. Did I mute myself? No. Definitely not loud guy. Okay. So back to Thursday. I thought we ate the bread. We did. I love this family. I love this family. So picking back up, you guys, here we are. We're on Thursday. That's what I, I thought it would be special to, to, to view this and, and partake in the order of what's going on here. So on Thursday, there was the Passover preparation. There was the Last Supper. And after all this took place, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Who does that? If you came up here and took your shoes off, I'm going to struggle with cleaning your feet. Jesus washed their feet. 
He taught his disciples that evening on humility, betrayal, and denial. He taught them a new command to love one another. He told them, I go to prepare a place for you. He taught them about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He taught them about the vine and the branches. That evening, Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane. He prayed. And Judas betrays Jesus. And Jesus Jesus is arrested in the garden. This took place on Thursday evening. You know what else took place Thursday evening? Jesus' best friend denied him. Three times. In the night in secret, because of the Passover... He had a hearing before Ananias, Caiaphas, and a trial before the Sanhedrin in the night, in secret. The next morning, he had a trial before Pilate. Pilate sent him to King Herod. King Herod sent him back to Pilate. Jesus was sentenced to death that day. Pilate offered a notorious murderer and criminal... Been in and out of the Sutter County Jail 42 times. And the people said, give us Barabbas. And Jesus Jesus was sentenced to death. That day, Judas committed suicide. That day, our Savior was put on a cross. And he was buried. It was a good Friday. It wasn't good for Jesus. On Saturday, the Sabbath was celebrated, and nothing happened. On Sunday, the women discover an empty tomb and encounter angels. The women encounter the risen Christ, and they tell the disciples. Peter and John run to the tomb. Jesus appears to two followers on the road, and Jesus appears to Peter and then to the ten disciples, and Thomas was absent. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So we're going to read from the book of Mark today. So now you have a timeline. I don't want to celebrate Jesus' death. I want to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. Because that's what our gospel message is. If I could come up here and teach every Sunday, you know, when they taught at the temple before Jesus did what he did, they read the law over and over and over. That's all they did. They read the law and they studied the law. If I could get up here every Sunday and just, re- I should just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over and over and over and over. That's what they did. But I go in depth more and read other things. I teach you about Abraham for way too long. Mark 16, 1 through 20. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought bought spices, that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. You guys know I like to capture scripture. You've been hanging out with this Jesus guy for three years. Mary in the story here, 
She was saved by Jesus. Demons cast out of her by Jesus. Miracles performed. He, you, you're listening to everything he's been teaching for the last couple years. You're pretty certain that he's saying that he's who he says he is, that he's the coming Messiah, that he's going to be your king, and he's going to set the people go. But on Friday, they killed him. This is not what anybody expected. Even though he taught it, this is not what anyone, not what any of them expected. And then they show up a couple days later to anoint his body, and the large tomb and the stone is moved away. And then they go inside, and the guy that they came, the body that they came to anoint, is not there. And there's an angelic being there who says, don't be scared. It's all good. Right? This would freak you out. Every time somebody encountered a, a Jesus, a, an angel or Jesus in the book of, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, what is it always? Don't be afraid. Why? Why do we share that? Why is that written there? Because whoever they were encountering was terrified, not scared, terrified. You might go to the restroom in your pants. This is scary, right? But he said to them, do not be alarmed. Do you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go, but go, tell his disciples, and Peter, that's a key, and Peter, that he is going before you into Galilee, there you will see him, as he said to you, so they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, you ever been in that moment of shock? You're super excited, but your heart's racing through your chest because you're panicked out. That's what they were going through. So it says, uh, they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. You're not going to go and start telling people, hey, the king that you, they killed, he's alive. We went to the grave, he's gone. The body's not there. This angel met us in the tomb. People would think you were crazy. People would think you were crazy. And at that time, you didn't want to be a follower of Jesus. The early church, they didn't want to be a follower. They, they wanted to follow Jesus. But following Jesus was like you being in a gang, okay? Everybody out here that works for the local government, they're out to get you. They're looking for you. So these disciples were hiding right now. Everybody's in hiding right now, okay? It's a key part of our story today. So... When he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. They did not believe. Interesting. You've been listening to this guy for three years. He just got killed. You don't understand what's going on, but you believed, you believed up to that point that he was who he said he was. But now that he was dead, they didn't believe anymore. And when they said that they had seen him, they did not believe. 
After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest. But they did not believe them either. Isn't that interesting? How many people have you told about Jesus Christ in your life? How many of your family, friends, and your neighbors know that you know Jesus? And even though that they know that you know Jesus, and even though there's four gospels written about Jesus, and even though Jesus picked you up from a, the rotting hell you were living in, and he lifted you up on high, and he set you free from whatever bondage you were in, your neighbor looks at you and is like, they don't believe. After that, okay, after that he appeared. And then they went to told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later he appeared to the eleven, and they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. It doesn't say he cast them away. He didn't say, be gone from me, unbelievers. That's not what Jesus did to these guys. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. We have a lot of people here we need to reach. We have a lot of people in this community that we need to reach. And every week I see like one new chair filled. That's great. But we need to pack the house. We need to multiply ourselves into other people. Greg gets up here. He rocks out. And he's doing keyboard. And he's singing. And he's running our media. And he's toggling cameras. He needs to multiply himself. Okay? You see the point here I'm making? we got to multiply. And we don't need to bring and steal people from other people's churches. We need to bring the unchurched, the unbelievers. We need to invite those who don't know Jesus. That's a tough one. You're like, oh, they don't know Jesus? I don't know. Oh, you, you believe in Jesus? You should come to my church. No. Right? No, no, no. We need to get the unchurched, the unbelievers. I'm excited, you guys. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. That's very sad. And these signs, get this part, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. This part about serpents and deadly and all that. You guys remember the story of Paul when he went to that island and there were the natives there? And see, he showed up. He was this man of God and they didn't believe in his God. And one of their poisonous snakes jumped out and latched onto Paul. So all the people there saw that as a sign that he was a cursed man. And you know what Paul did? I, I have a message on this I'm going to do one day. Shake the snake. He just shook it off and kept talking. Like it didn't even happen. That's the signs that follow the believers. Amen? Get COVID? Just kick it. Just kick it. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. In some of the other gospels, you'll know that he says that he breathed the Holy Spirit on them. This is when the believers received the Holy Spirit, these believers. It says, and they went out and preached everywhere. 
The Lord working with them and confirming the word through what? The accompanying signs that we just read. Amen. I love that. We're a charismatic church. Amen? This is the charismatic gospel close right here. Talking about healing the sick, casting out demons, speaking in new tongues. That's your charismatic movement. That's why I read from this today. Let's look at the first bullet point I put here because I thought this was great. This is for the ladies. Sorry, guys. First to sin, first to believe. Period. We think we're dominant? Nope. You remember in the garden, Eve was being tempted. And Eve took that forbidden fruit. And she ate it. And she didn't travel back to find Adam. He was standing right there. Because it says she ate from the fruit and she turned and gave it to the man. First to sin, but first to believe. All four Gospels unanimously say that Jesus first appeared to the women. Very interesting, isn't it, gentlemen? All four Gospels unanimously say that Jesus first appeared to the women. Women gets us to sin. Woman gets us to believe. Husbands, listen to your wives. Okay? Right? Raymond's looking at me, grunting. <clears throat> first to sin, first to believe. Where did I get those verses from? Matthew 28, 8 through 10, Mark 16, 9, Luke 24, 1 through 10, John 20, 11 through 18. You can look it up. All four Gospels unanimously say that Jesus first appeared to the women. What happened on this day? What, was, what happened on this day? Forgiveness was being declared. How, Chris? What, what, what led you to believe that? Well, the special reference made to Peter. Go tell my disciples and Peter. Who denied Jesus three times? Peter. Peter. That would be like when Pastor Mark was here. Mark was with my pastor here for two years. See a need, fill a need. I showed up one Sunday, there was nobody in the booth, I jumped back there. See a need, fill a need, right? I came to the church faithfully as much as I could, lest COVID closed us, but I'd come here. That would be like me telling Mark, I got your back. We're going to fight the COVID thing, Mark. We're good. If they try to shut us down, we're good. And then I show up one Sunday, and the police are here with Mark, and they're harassing him, and I just drive on through the lot and go right back out on the Star Drive over here and head on home. Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter spent day and night with Jesus for three years. Jesus had 12 disciples, but he had three people he was really close to and one who was his right-hand man. Peter was Jesus' right-hand man, and on the night that, that Peter proclaimed, like, I'm, you're the guy, you're the son of man, we believe in you, we trust you, I would never do that to you, I'm your guy... 
And then, boom, Jesus arrested. He's like, I never knew the man. He was afraid, and he denied Jesus three times. Forgiveness was being declared here in this moment when the, when the angel said, go and tell his disciples and Peter, because Peter needs to know it's okay. Peter needs to know he's forgiven. Amen? Amen. There was forgiveness right there in the beginning. This unique reference was an assurance of salvation. Anybody here not assured of your salvation? You ever go through that? We're Christians. You're human. You're Christian on Sunday morning. You're Christian on Sunday evening. You're Christian on Monday morning. And all of a sudden, Monday afternoon, you have a really bad time. And by Monday evening, you're questioning the way you acted during the day if you were Christian. And it's even worse when you do like, when you go past the last boundary that you passed of I will never do that, I will never say those things, I will never treat somebody that way, and you step across that boundary line, and then even better is when somebody looks at you and goes, I thought you were a Christian. Ah, right? I mean, we struggle with this. This was the assurance of salvation right here, and it happened with Peter right there in that moment. Go tell my disciples and Peter. That was in Mark 16, 7. What did Jesus do while he was there? He appeared to bless and assure. He appeared to bless and assure. He blessed them when he was there, didn't he? He blessed them in all the gospel stories. The disciples, like us, were filled with doubt. That's very interesting. The disciples, like us, were filled with doubt. You believe in Jesus? You have faith and a hope. That's all we have. You have a hope. You hope that this is true. You believe this to be true. That's what you can hold on to. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. You have hope that this is the truth. That's why we call it faith. These guys were there. And they didn't believe. Don't run around and be like, I believe 100%. There's not an ounce of, I'm, I'm 255. There's not an ounce of me that doubts anything. You can't say it. It's not true if you said it. We have faith. We have faith because there's sometimes doubt. These guys watched Jesus heal the sick. They watched him heal the, the, the lame, the Get up and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. They watched Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. He was smelled. Lazarus was dead, smelling in a tomb. And Jesus walked up and said, Lazarus, come out of there. They had seen things that no one sees. And when he was killed, they stopped believing. They were like lost. They were so afraid that it wasn't true that Peter denied him three times. Three times. Not just once, three times. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And what did he do? He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So when somebody tells you about Jesus or you bring somebody to church or you come to church and you don't believe in Jesus 
And I sit up here and I tell you about Jesus, but you don't believe. Parallel this story again. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. There's going to be people that you're going to tell about Jesus, and they're not going to believe you. And Jesus, one day, if they don't ever find him, is going to rebuke their unbelief. And you know where they go? There's a long book at the end of this that I don't want to scare the kids with. Luke 24, 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened. Poof, I heard it. Poof, poof. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. So now Jesus appears to them and they don't even know it's him. They think they're seeing a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and feet that it is myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, and he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. They still didn't believe. He was standing there talking to them, and they didn't believe. Here's my favorite doubter story, Thomas the Doubter. John 20. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. Remember, he showed up to the other ten because there's not twelve anymore. There was eleven. Ten and Thomas. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So now, let's, let's, let's go through this. I said, Rich, come to church. Jesus is here. He's come back to take us into heaven. I know I'm there every Sunday, but you sure? That's what this is happening in this story. Be real with yourself. We're human beings. Engage with this. This is the reality. They were afraid. They didn't believe. They didn't know what to do. Now Thomas called a twin, one of the twelve, now eleven, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Now, remember, I told you, these guys are in hiding. They're behind locked doors. No one knows where these guys are because they were already known as the followers of Jesus. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, so immediately he shows up in the room. He knows Thomas' unbelief. He knows what's in your heart. He showed up in the room, and he goes right to Thomas. And he says, reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hands here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, my Savior and my God, my King and my God. He called him my God as in the sense of the word God. 
my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, it's the best one for you guys, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's who we are. We're those believers because we didn't get to see this in person. But we believe, and because we believe, we are what? Saved. Blessed and saved. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Now, close this up here. Jesus gives his final instruction. Do you know what Jesus said when he left? He said, don't go out and sin anymore. Nope, that's not what he said. He said, go out and make sure you tell everybody about the Ten Commandments and get everybody in line so that they can make it to heaven. Nope, that's not what he said. He gives the Great Commission, you guys. He gives it in all four Gospels, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Mark 16, 15 through 18, Luke 24, 50 through 53, and John 20, 19 through 23. He said, go and tell everyone about me. Go and preach the good news. Go to all the nations and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and make disciples. That's what he told them to do. He didn't want them to worry about all their fleshly things that were wrong with them because none of us are worthy. He didn't want them to worry about the fact that they sinned because that's all anybody ever worried about during that time. All they ever worried about was cleansing their sin in the temple. All they ever worried about was trying to be right. And you remember Jesus talked about the man who was standing there, and he says, oh, thank God I'm not like this sinner over here. I give a tenth of my income, and I go to the church every Sunday. But it's the sinner on the ground pounding his chest who was right with God. Amen? That's us. So Jesus gives the great commission. Jesus becomes baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Our four-square belief, Jesus' Savior, Jesus the healer, Jesus baptizer of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus our coming king. Four square. That's our four square belief. Miracles will be evidence of the belief. What miracles? They'll heal the sick. They're going to, they're going to, uh, go back and read it. They're going to heal the sick. They're going to lay hands on people. Deadly things are not going to bother them, okay? And the fifth and final point today, you guys, Jesus is our coming king. That is what we are here celebrating. We come to say that hope has a name. His name is Jesus. He was risen on the third day, and he is going to what? He is going to come again. He is going to return. Matthew 24, 29, and 31, and Revelation 22, 12 through 13, I love this. I'm going to close with this verse. These are the words of Jesus, your risen king. These are his words. The book is not called the book of revelations. The book is called the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus says at the end. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, the first and the last, Jesus claims to be God here, does he not? Amen? Our king is God. Our king is Jesus. 
Our King is the Holy Spirit. They're all three, one and one and three, and they're living inside of you if you believe in Him. Amen? Amen. Our King was resurrected today. Amen? Every day is resurrection day. Every day is resurrection day. 